0: Uh good evening everybody. This is Matt DeMarinis Marinas from White and Blue Review. Sitting here with Johnny Italo from the Omaha World Herald. I feel like you should say good After, morning. Should I say good morning? I mean it's not midnight yet though. Right, but like they when people hear minute. this it will be at least a morning. Think so? Okay. Um That's my rewound sound. <laughs> Rewind sound. <laughs> wow. Uh good Beautiful. morning everybody. There you go. This is Matt DeMarinis Marinas from White and Blue Review. That's Johnny Otao from the Um. Uh, not World to be Hero. critical of your intro. It was lovely. I'm, i like I could take okay. constructive criticism. All right. I feel like you know that's how we improve as human beings, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a good critique. Um Sitting here in a revamped. Who's coming who's playing? Who's, Jonas Brothers, is that who it is? Is that what's happening? I don't know. Someone's coming here.
1: There's there's some, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of movement going on yeah. in the arena. They're
0: getting ready for a concert. I think it's Jonas Brothers. There's some noises, some yelling. Yeah. Um we're then, we're clearly bothering people by our, with our presence here. I think throwing I think curveballs.
1: Subtly people keep walking in the media room thinking like Shouldn't we're not here. gonna be here anymore. Right.
0: So they can get work done, so it's it's been frustrating the we, last couple times they've we, come to we, come we, in. Mo- we might get kicked out. Yeah. As we talk about this game. Um but we we'll 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 mobilize if we have to. But we're here after Creighton's seventy two sixty win over Oral Roberts. Um here to break it down for you, answer your questions. Uh and maybe jump into a little bit of a preview of what's coming up on Saturday. Um So John, uh our leadoff man, wanna tee off on this one. Your initial thoughts, your takeaways from uh what you saw tonight? This game more than any you're really excited to jump in. You're like I don't I don't you're know. like on the literally on the edge of your seat, ready to give this take. I, well I don't it's nothing profound
1: really. Oh, I okay. I just I was just thinking about how this game, more than any other, because Creighton, at times this year, especially against lesser opponents, has built a lead in the first half and then just sort of, I, you could say cruise to the finish, but not cruise. No, cruise is the wrong word. Um, coasted. Yeah, coasted. Yeah. There you go. The, but this game, more than any, I, like, I felt multiple times in the second half where I was like, kind of feels like Creighton just let the wheel go. You know, <laughs> just like, let's just see what happens. Um and maybe that's a tribute you can attribute that to the fact that they uh were coming off a, a jam-packed stretch it was four games in 8 days yeah you know the last two were in Vegas and they got back from Vegas what Saturday practice Sunday Monday prepare for this game uh which is on Tuesday so they they were feeling in their legs probably a little bit after five games and whatever that stretch of time is 11 yeah. 12 days and um and perhaps that was a reason, you know. Maybe they just mentally kind of checked once they got up by um, 22, I think was the, yeah. the most. That yeah. was the five minutes left, but I sensed it even at, at times, like, you know, midway through the, or actually kind of early in the second half. It kind of it felt like if Oral Roberts was going to make its run, it would have happened, you know. I, I kind of got that sense it's like, well, Creighton's just kind of massaging this one to the finish. It feels like, mm-hmm. and I, I want to the never,
0: their, their halftime lead that was 15 at the break. It never dwindled until the final five minutes or so. Right. It was always at that. It was always at 15 at least around there.
1: Around that. Around they that. They built
0: time. it up in that stretch you're talking about. And yeah. Then, like you said, let the wheel go after that.
1: But it was never smooth
0: with, and
1: a lot of that had to do with just offensively. Yeah. That that observation has to do with what was happening offensively. It just never felt like the Jays found a rhythm. They missed a lot of shots early at the rim and some open three-point looks and I wonder if that affected their confidence a little bit just trying to score offensively. But um yeah, whatever the reason they yeah,
0: they were pretty pretty poor offensively after after yeah. halftime. Yeah. But I think I think, you know, from the defensive side of it, I don't think there was if if you're trying to see if you're trying to sense patterns or peg certain trends with this team, I think where you go back two games ago, where they hit that they hit that that point where they just didn't have it offensively and they were missing shots that they probably were fine with taking. Um, they suffered for it defensively against San Diego State and let the game get away. This one in the second half, when they came out cold, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't stop fighting on the other end of the floor, and I think Christian Bishop had a lot to do with that. Um, his activity level on both ends, really, because even when they were missing shots, he was keeping balls alive, keeping possessions alive. Kind of. It, 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 was, like it wasn't. Kids, it wasn't easy for Oral Roberts to end a possession with a Creighton and miss and run off of it. Yeah. It was like it was like a fight for to secure that. Oral stop. Roberts wants to push too. Yeah, they do. Right. I think yeah. they're fifteenth in the country in adjusted tempo coming in, so yeah. they really wanted to get up and down. But I don't think. I think they ended up with, yeah, six fast break points all night. I know that's kind of a fickle stat, but yeah, it's kind of all we have to go off of until we rewatch it. But um, yeah, Creighton outscored them fourteen to six in that area of the game, um, according to live stats. So well, and the other thing uh, that Christian did,
1: I thought. what you mentioned is activity level on defense, and that was uh, that's worth mentioning for sure. And and I thought Creighton's plan defensively, they sort of ramped up the double teams and uh, the helping down on guards in the second with guards in the second half to yeah. keep the ball out of the post. Um, but it, his his buckets just seemed well timed, you know, because it it be a, there'd be a lull. Like he he had the first points of the second half at the free throw line after they had gone maybe uh, three or four possessions without points. So part of that was hit on him because he missed <coughs> a couple right at the rim. Did, yeah. But uh, but he got him on the scoreboard first in the second half. Um, he had those two putbacks in the final minute of the first half when Or Roberts kind of inch. I think they cut it to eleven. Maybe it was starting to like potentially grab some momentum right before the break and then two big buckets
0: by Christian there um, actually he started with the that run that you're talking about right now to push the way that pushed the lead out to 22 was it started with Christian finding Marcus on a backdoor? oh yeah cut for a three-point play and then he scored uh, that was then, a, yeah, yeah, yeah then he found DJ again uh, for a bucket and then he scored again. I think DJ kind of just did it on his own
1: did okay. he just yes yeah, I mean so it was off of
0: ball screen action with Christian
1: oh was it because yeah. I was going to say I think that this, his presence made yes. open the lane up. Yep, yeah. Um, so that
0: was a Christian
1: sort centric of stretch because yeah. he
0: did feed Marcus with a backdoor pass. Yeah, um, and one of those point. dunks for two on the two of the next three positions. One of those
1: dunks, um, he, he it was like a total effort
0: reward mm-hmm. because he was like standing wide open in the lane. Yeah. Nobody else was. He in was. The he was. No one else. <laughs> he was like the first of the four by. Um, uh, <laughs> right a few seconds. And he's just standing there and he's
1: like, y- you guys wanna pass it? Right. Okay, yeah, thanks. i <laughs> done. Yeah, so uh yeah, his his effort was noticeable. And he he played all but thirty-nine seconds in the second half. Yep, because of Calvin Jones' injury. And only
0: three thousand thirty-two minutes against uh I think let's see. They the, tale, the tale of the tape here is um, because uh Emmanuel um Nez, I forgot it. I've been saying it like three times all night. Nezuqu um was back tonight from a knee injury that he missed the last three games, I think. Um he's listed at six eight two forty. Uh Kevin o- O'Banner? Yeah, O'Banner. I think it's O'Banner. Um, O'Banner, yeah, he's six eight two forty. Um and then uh, Elijah uh Lufely is is six eight two seventy five, so Two seventy five, two seventy five. no, I was happen. just, cla- I was yeah, just want to reiterate 275, that two seventy five, which is and so basically Christian losing at two oh five. So that's forty. That's a forty to seventy pound range there yeah. that he's given up against and, those and three. He, he took a beating, man. I he like, did. He was getting. He's going to need a lot of rest. I, I,
1: there was one play I saw him take an elbow right to the chest.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, he he. Uh,
1: but, he, but, counted, he, kept, but, but he,
0: he countered all that with elevation um, on some of those 50 hoodie rebounds, um, sprinting yeah. up and down the floor, running a transition, and uh, putting those guys in constant ball screen actions. Yeah. I think that wore that, that wore that trio out pretty good. But now San
1: Diego State's bigs are better. Yes. But I, that's what I was surprised that Creighton couldn't do against San Diego State was wear those guys down. And maybe it's because it's a 20-point game like then, at halftime yeah, or whatever, you know. Confidence that, just took yeah, over at some point, yeah. But that's, what, that's, that's the counter that Creighton has to have against these teams that are bigger is it has to wear those guys down by running the floor and, and making them work. And so that – I was surprised that you didn't – I mean, it didn't feel like Creighton with its pace and quickness had any impact on what San Diego State wanted to do in that game. Yeah. It did tonight. It had an impact tonight, but uh, that's going forward. There's obviously going to be more games where Creighton has a size disadvantage. Um, it's up to Christian Bishop, and it's up to whoever's playing the four, or whoever's being guarded by the four, to really make that that big man work. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was one area where Creighton didn't do a great job. I mean, there are a lot of things that Creighton didn't do well against San Diego State, but using its quickness and and to its advantage I thought was – because San Diego, they totally
0: dictated that tempo, yeah, and, and that the style and everything about that game so. for sure. Um, big stretch in the first half to kind of push the game, to break the game open, and it kind of stayed that. Like when we talk about in the second half, where it was kind of always in that fifteen-point range because um, Creighton was putting stops together while they weren't hitting shots. Uh, was that nineteen to four run in about? an eight-minute stretch toward... I think it got to the maybe the... just under seven-minute mark is when it ended. Um, but it started with three transition threes in a row for Tyshawn Alexander. It was like a 9-2 run, I think, f- from him alone. Uh, Christian split a pair at the free-throw line. Uh, Kelvin Jones had a couple uh, nice moves down low uh, for buckets. And before... Um, uh, I think going just going straight up one and one. Even against double teams too. I was I was surprised they sent double teams to Kelvin. We can talk about that a little bit in a second here. But he got a couple buckets. Uh, Mitch Ballack hit a couple threes. Um and they one and, I, and I think and I, Yeah. one and, of those threes is tough. And I think Oral Roberts only scored um one time in that entire Stretch yep. from the field. I think they got the free throws on the other one. I thought. I thought so that, was, that was that was pretty much the game right there because that that, that Yeah, that's true. Basically, yeah, that was put the them difference. at arm's length and it never got any closer right. than that until the end. I thought Oral
1: Roberts during that stretch got a little jump shot happy. Good. Now, I I don't know what I, I thought Oral Roberts shot it pretty well from three. It was a Decent three point shooting team, but those shots going to go down. And honestly, in this game. Given its advantage, like Creighton was okay taking a contest for you. Yeah. If you're going to take a contested three, we'll take that. And that's what I mean. You look at that stretch like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one of eight from the field on just my little page right here. And <coughs> one, two, oh, for four from three. I mean, like, oh, for five, oh, for six. You know, like that, that was a killer for great,
0: that. Creighton kind of lulled them into a jump shooting contest, I think so. and they yeah. were fine with that. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um but it it was quick though. I I'm just curious what you saw out of Tyshawn in those in those in that quick little spurt because they were basically all catch and shoot in transition. Um he even took a fourth one on a heat check off of a ball screen that he uh put a little long but he was clearly feeling it in that moment. That yeah. was nine really quick points um that really broke open a game that was pretty back and forth at that point. Uh what did you see in terms of the shot quality that um that he got in those moments or did you just feel like like we're gonna take it we're gonna we're gonna step on the gas here and use a little bit more of our pace at this moment here and see if we can push this thing out dude
1: i gotta i gotta go and look at his number like i don't have the i have to probably go back and look at the games but he's got to be shooting like 75 percent transition <laughs> yeah, his transition wild. threes are are incredible right now i don't know what it is obviously yeah i have i'd have to go back and look but that's it's it appears to be his best shot so far this season is a in rhythm transition three so i i would imagine the more that he can get the better that like it doesn't matter that he's taking it with 27 on the shot clock i mean that's it's a great shot for him he feels good taking it and i mean it's from my anecdotal sort of perspective it goes in more than half the time at least uh and so, yeah, that was obviously an important stretch and like I you know, one thing that I uh I've I've noticed over the last few years with Creighton's pace is just a lot of teams sure sure they spend <coughs> all their game prep preparing for it and readying themselves for it, but there's always a different level of it of the, it, it usually takes teams like whether it's a half, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 8 minutes, whatever it takes them time to talking about going from adjust. simulation to, yeah, real, to yeah, yeah Right, to realize that how fast they're coming at yeah, you and how fast actually. the ball gets uh, pushed ahead. Um markets, not Marcus will, just... Marcus will make, like, 20, 25-foot passes, like, outlet, skip-ahead passes, kick-out passes, um, and and all of a sudden the Jays are firing up a three. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I posted that little video. What, was, what game was that? Was that a... North Florida. Oh, were they? Were they got up in three seconds? Yeah, yeah. Like, like that was, rebound, that was crazy. rebound to shot released was three seconds. Three seconds. That I mean, how you can talk about that all you want, but until you see that in your yeah. face, like it's it's tough to prepare for. So I feel like a lot of times in early in games, Crittenden can, uh, can catch teams off guard, and I think that's what happened tonight, and that sort of sparked him. So it's like once all of a sudden Tyshawn's hitting, and then everyone else is feeling good. And I feel like the offense was flowing pretty
0: well from there. Well, what's funny is I think after the first transition three, they called a timeout. Second one. Was they that they called the second a one? Yeah. Okay. okay. I thought it was after the one in the corner, because um, they were. I think that was clearly, you know, whatever whatever their game plan was coming in. I'm sure those were like transition threes for Tyshawn Alexander, as you're saying, from an anecdotal perspective. From their perspective, they had the actual data. He's clearly yeah, sure he's clearly it, unbelievable right? from in transition um so them seeing him kind of get going in that area of the game was concerning cuz they it wasn't even like a, a – I think it was a 6 point lead after he hit one of those and they called a timeout so they clearly were like look we we we, this, we, <laughs> we about this these yeah. were our objectives right. you right. can't give that stuff up so yeah it made them blow an early timeout so i think it, yeah it was it was that first one those first couple definitely changed the the tenor of the of the first half and it, it ignited um, you know maybe this entire offense for that stretch because they they really fed off of that and really put the i mean they they essentially put the game away with that spurt um, because it never they never it never teetered after that it was yeah. always a 15 point lead or a 17 point lead or a 13 point lead or what was eventually a 20 something point lead well and then- um, Dunder. Yeah.
1: Well, and the, one of the things that Greg McDermott talked about after the game, too, was just the fact that they, um, they maybe haven't had that quick strike, big-time spurt uh, consistently to where they can, like, really put pressure on teams in a short amount of time. Um, they, like, I think of those Marcus and Taz teams. Uh, when those guys were running the wings, like, they really put a lot of pressure on teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and they could get on you in a hurry, so I don't know. I feel like I've seen it from I've seen it in, in in certain instances from this team, but as Coach McDermott mentioned, a lot of times it's directly related to whether or not they're hitting jump shots or not. Right. Um.
0: So yeah, Tyshawn Alexander, according to Synergy, is. Oh, so you're you're actually trying to see if I can find finding the facts. His threes or not, but. Mm. Um. He's averaging one point, nearly one point four points per possession in transition. Okay. Um, so he's graded as excellent. I think he's in the top eighty nine percent in the country. Um, but his is adjusted that, field goal percentage, his adjusted field goal percentage in transition is sixty nine point two percent. So whether that's at the rim or um, does that include three. tonight's game? No, probably not. They okay. haven't uploaded yet. So right. Factor in the three that he that he the three that he hit here tonight. Um and however many more he took after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's he's pretty ridiculous. He's scoring he's scoring fifty eight point one percent of the time in transition of all of his offense. All of his offense, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's the data that's the data behind your behind your um, my theory. Your theory. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, pretty elite, yeah. Well, now the Jays
1: just have to figure out how to do, do it to more, replicate it. Now, t- to be fair, like... Marcus Segarowski
0: has 1.7 points per possession. In transition. Yeah. He's shooting 80... <laughs> his adjusted field goal percentage 85.7%. Hmm. Yeah. And let's see what Mitch is. But Because those three are... I mean, when you look at... It's funny when you look at their numbers. Mitch is at 1.2 points per possession. Um, so he's just very good, but he's sixty-four point three percent adjusted field goal percentage in transition. I
1: mean, it's been a long time, sort of basketball, uh, um, cert- certain certitude. Is that a word? I don't know. It's like midnight. I can't I'll, I'll, my it. I'll you know. allow it at this <laughs> point. You allow it. Staple of the game. Yeah, I'm looking at basketball stats right now, so I don't have time to. It's been a staple character. of the game that you're going to get better looks in transition. It's why Creighton has kind of, well, it's one of the reasons why Creighton has adopted this uh, up-tempo, high-octane style of offense because the numbers show that your efficiency numbers rise the more that you are able to attack in transition. Defense isn't set. You're in advantage situations. And so these guys are really good um, at finding shooting windows in transition and uh and they're taking in rhythm in rhythm shots and and making teams pay so um you know they obviously they would need to be more efficient in the half court and they're working on that a lot of it um to me has related back to their inability to get easy shots shots at the rim and coach McDermott mentioned that a little bit tonight too. get to the free throw line they I mean with Justin Patton and even Martin Krumple they had that flip up there after every ball screen and uh it it, it's there in at at times in terms of the the alley-oop lob pass uh but it's not it's just not a consistent part of their offense yet so um that's something that they obviously have to have to work toward I I feel like you know when they had Marcus Foster, they could just give him the ball and just go one-on-one and get to the rim um they're missing that too so uh It's possible that Denzel Mahoney might remedy some of that, but um, they also might need to find more ways to to score easier to maybe free up some space on the perimeter.
0: Yep. Trying to sort here. Yeah, of the guys who have... Of players who have had 15 or more possessions in transition or ended in transition, Marcus Zagorowski is 21st in the country in points per possession. So... And his field goal percentage. Adjusted field goal percentage is one, two, three, four. seventeenth. Um, so yeah. So you're you, when you talk about Tyshawn being elite, Mitch being elite, you're also your your point guard is as well. Yes. So those three, that trio. And just from generic stats alone, it's uh they're <laughs> They're, Marcus has made 22 threes. Tyshawn and have each made 23. So there's balance in there. Right. There's balance in how um, potent they are offensively. They all play pretty well off each other. And they're all shooting at a pretty high clip. Um, <coughs> I didn't realize see. that Marcus
1: went 1 of 7 from 3 tonight, though.
0: Yeah, he knocked that average down below 40%. Mm. So um, No wonder. he was He was one of the guys out there shooting after the game. Marcus was. Okay. He was five for seven inside the arc, though. Oh, yeah. So, go and get into the rim. When you talk about rim rim presence, he was one of the guys that yeah. attacked, even with, uh, not with reckless abandon, but with a, with aggression and and finished well. Right. Um, let's see. Should we tackle some questions here and then maybe talk about Nebraska a bit? Yeah, let's see so. like those questions. Yeah, They've only got, like, three, but some of them are detailed, so... We actually got like five questions from like three people. That's okay,
1: what it was that's fine.
0: Um, first one's from Brian. Uh, he wants to know how much are they working on Sharif's shot? Um, you know, quite a bit. They've tried to uh, you know tweak the mechanics of it. What what? I don't. I'm not sure what the worst part of the of the shot is. Because I think they they wanted him more. What they focused on was the follow through. I thought it was yeah the right hand release. Yeah, and it has like the, a it it's a little bit sometimes. Yeah. So as long as they want him like reaching in the cookie jar, if you will. Um, but his footwork also is a little interesting because he tends to like shift his feet. You know, they're pointed. I've, in I've the, not in the other seen, direction. So I've not I don't seen him talk to them about, talk to him about his yeah. footwork though. I don't know. It's been a, it's been a minute since I've seen him. Um, actually go with with a coach and uh you know, have like a mechanical conversation. Yeah.
1: But his his
0: is about I think what he's doing right now is just about repetition, so um but he is 0 for seven on the year. And I think he airballed once a night. So he he stayed after and got some extra shots yeah. like, along with well. well Jefferson. Well, the, so, um, the thing about
1: uh uh about Sharif that I wonder is he he spent a lot of time working on his jump shot at the high school level, the high school three point arc. And then he comes to college and it not only is it like pulled back a little bit for college, but it's also that they extended the line this this year. So I think like the deeper distance, um, it takes some adjustment. So he's going to have to get shots up, but he, you know, he, he ended up being a 40% three point shooter by the time he was done with high school. Really? Yeah. He did a lot of work, uh, Put a lot of work in on this jump shot, and I thought I saw some good improvement from even from the time when he stepped on the court in practice till now. So um, it might be a case where he just needs to see a couple fall, but you like yeah. you see him. What, was he four for four from the free throw line? Like, he's got a good he stroke, was. He was. you know. Yep. Um, I, I think reps are, are what he
0: needs. Yep. Build some confidence. Same with Damian Jefferson. For sure. Next one is actually about Damian Jefferson. Drew Morris. He wants to know. Uh, oh, he's going to drop a talk about on us. He's going to throw it back to uh, that old that old, old No, no, yeah. He's mm. gonna, so, sorry, Drew. That's a that's a that's a bad one. But we'll we'll insert it anyway. Well, allow it cuz yeah. I've done it before. Yeah, for sure. Everybody has. Um, can you talk a little bit about Damian Jefferson's game this year? Um, obviously struggling with his shot right now, but I think he's doing a lot of good things. Seems to be a much better passer this year and our most consistent versatile defender. Um, going to go first? There's a little bit of assumptions there that I'm not sure I agree with, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, once, he, uh, here's once the, you the, the, Okay, so the first thing I think that we're starting to see of late is that he's got his bounce back. I think he's elevating pretty well. He's going. He's, he's, he's rebounding aggressively. He's going to the rim aggressively. Yeah. Um, So I think he's got confidence in his athleticism from that ankle injury that kind of threw the season off the tracks for him last year. Yeah, yeah, it started this year. year. Because he he had to rehab it, and then he never really felt quite back yet. And then he had another – he tweaked it again in preseason um, in practice. And so, like, that was kind of a little bit of a setback there. And uh, it took him a couple games to kind of get back uh, but I feel like he's from an from an athleticism standpoint, he's back now. Um, he's got that bounce and everything. Um, where I think he's struggling a little bit is, uh, you know, the confidence thing that you mentioned with Sharif. Um, you know, he just he needs. To, I mean, we saw you saw the the reaction he had when he made that shot against San Diego State was yeah. was pretty apparent. So you can tell he's he's in his head about it at the moment. So. Um, I think the confidence his, with his shot is definitely because because he is a good shooter. Right. I think. Would you qualify him? Classify him as a good shooter? Yeah, I'd say. I wouldn't so, say elite. El- I wouldn't say elite level of Marcus Mitchell tie, but I think no. He's good. I think he's good.
1: Yeah. And he shot forty one percent last year Great. from three.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, a large enough sample size is half the year basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he didn't shoot a high volume, but and he a lot of those were wide open, but he still shot forty one percent. So, um, he's definitely better than what he's shown from mm-hmm.
0: from. I think there's something going on with his footwork. Yeah, that know. was one thing. That was one. Actually, that was the first thing that um, that Mac went out to talk to him about after the press conference so, was his, his footwork on catches. So, yeah, I think there is something with the footwork that's happening there, that's throwing the whole process off. Right. Um, so we'll see if he can get that back in in, the, in a relatively short time. But yeah, confidence from that standpoint is. Is interesting, and uh f- you know, from a defensive perspective, he's you know he's got good athleticism and good strength. Um Where he's where he where he kind of gets lost sometimes is, is following scouting reports and. uh He got beat off the dribble a couple times tonight too, though.
1: Yeah, you know, just like but I think that's I think, like, I think that's what like, you just
0: uh, like that's maybe a thinking thing as opposed yeah, to an right. ability thing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I agree with so, that. Yeah.
1: Um, um, just not Just kind of Sometimes he's just got to guard Instead of like Kind of thinking through The scouting report yeah, yeah But he did Like he had a I think he credited With like four steals tonight. night He's really oh, yeah. active With his hands Yeah um, he was doing a good
0: job He was one of the guys and, That was Doing a really yeah. good job Digging at the bigs um,
1: As soon as they put the ball On the floor They had somebody there Reaching for it Yeah even when
0: they put it low I think he was guarding Kevin O'Banner tonight um, and O'Banner kind of like, oh yeah, he took um, it away from him a couple. Sized nights. him up on the on the on the wing a yeah. little bit and brought the ball down to his level and, and he just, just kind of like swiped it away. away. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I mean the world the with word with Damien to stick with if, you, if we should just give you one word answer is capable. He's capable of being a better shooter and he's capable of being a better defender and the elevation and, and his aggressiveness at the around the rim are there already so. He's just kind of working on putting all those things together. And if he does that, he'll have a pretty good uh, second half of the season, as yeah. opposed to last year that where that second half was taken away from him. <clears throat> Thanks for the question, Drew. Thanks for the question, Brian. Uh, last one is from Danny Sullivan. Um, he has a couple for us. Uh, how do you see the rotation changing when Davion and Denzel Mahoney get on the floor? That's the first one. And then the second is any news on the Kelvin Jones injury? We want to do Calvin first. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Right. There was no real Di- definitive, yeah, prognosis, yeah like, whatever.
1: definitive sort of assessment given from Coach McDermott yeah. other than to say,
0: I think he'll be okay. Yeah, it's tough to speculate, too. It looked like ankle, but yeah. foot, so... Right. I mean, he, took, he tried to take a charge, and he kind of got landed on, so... The dude landed on his foot, it looked like... Yeah, that. and it was pretty painful. Yeah. He, he, tr- he tried to tough it out to the locker room, but he was clearly hobbled, so... Mm. Yeah, we'll see what that turns into because he he was having a good game up to that point, point. Um, and obviously from a body perspective, Creighton literally has no more margin for error at that position. Nope. So, poor Christian Bishop and the workload he'll have to sustain <laughs> yeah. if that is a injury that keeps Kelvin out even mid. for one game, or even for one game.
1: Although um, against Nebraska, you might be able to get away with yeah. If there's one team, yards. if
0: there's one team you can match up well with uh, without a big, it's 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 the Saturday. So yeah, and then back to his first question: How do you see the rotation changing when Davion and Denzel Mahoney get on the floor? Okay,
1: so just this from to start, Denzel is not going to be eligible until Oklahoma, the Oklahoma game. That is December seventeenth. There's three more games before that. Two. Oh, two? Yeah, Nebraska, UTG, RGV. Oh, it's three. Wasn't clear. Yeah, so two more
0: games before that, and then (coughs) Davion (coughs) Mins. Does not sound close, honestly. I was talking a little bit after the game. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's even confident in his in that at all. And lateral movement, right? That's yeah, a big he hasn't name. done any of that. First of all, yeah, and it you know he still has good days and bad days. So I wouldn't even put him in even close to day to day yet. Like he's just not. He's gonna. I think he's gonna try to practice a little bit this week, um, with just some straight line drive stuff and some drill work. And 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 see how he responds from that. So but, we're but,
1: talking we're probably saying like yeah. two
0: weeks minimum for, I would say for maybe safe. maybe not even before Christmas and maybe not even in all this season. Like it sounds like a uh, you know that four to play five his redshirt year he hasn't played yet this year so that's yeah. still the possibility um, that he could just bag it and that's interesting. I don't you know, you know yeah. You know? So it's it there, I don't from, from from all of that information it doesn't sound like he's close to returning so. Denzel, on December 17th, will be back against Oklahoma for his first game. Um, and how the rotation changes when he returns, I mean, first of all, he can play small ball five, and he can play the four. So it adds some – it doesn't add length, but it adds girth. Well, he has length. He has length and wingspan. But yeah, he's, you know, like, but he's not tall. Right, yeah. and he's not much of a jumper, so yeah. it's – uh. It's length on the perimeter defensively and, you know, in their one one zone at the top of that. Um, it's the ability to get to the free throw line and, and finish through contact, and he can step out and shoot it. So, you know, he's a small ball five. Um, no, he's like – he's a small ball four. Is he a small it, ball four? Yeah. Well, in, I mean, in, in this Creighton, offense – in, in, like, in this offense, he's a big,
1: big money four. <laughs> Inverted. Yeah. He's um, a small
0: ball five for Creighton.
1: Yeah, right.
0: A small ball five and a four for Creighton. Yeah. Um, that's what he at. I just wanted to clarify that. Like, yeah, not non traditional. <laughs> I think we have we have disclaimers. We talked about this okay. against Michigan. Like when we said go big, it's actually go traditional. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. We have just, like six, yeah, yeah for for the board. for the uninitiated that we have disclaimers on Creighton's traditional and non traditional lineup. So Denzel Mahoney is a small ball five for Creighton. Um, he's probably a three for Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But how the rotation changes, you know, it's like it's just another guy that can, you know, get uh, Mitch and Damian into different positions or yeah. spell them off the, off the floor. I think I think uh, it means less workload for Damian yes. Jefferson,
1: and I would imagine little to no, maybe five, maybe we're talking about five minutes of, of game time at the four for Mitch. Yeah, most likely. Right. Depending, I mean, if assuming you have <clears throat> Bishop and Kelvin Jones healthy and, and correct and, out, yeah, assuming, out of, assuming and not either, in foul trouble assuming that's
0: additions only and not right. subtractions as well um and if Davion comes back it's you know it's occasionally moving Marcus off the ball it's occasionally getting Marcus some rest it's occasionally getting Ty some rest it's you know it's another one two uh combo guard that can handle it push it shoot it defend yeah um
1: and fewer minutes probably for Sharif he played 19 tonight yeah. and uh and probably no more
0: minutes for Jet <coughs> Jet no more jail. Yeah, no more yeah. minutes for Jet. Right. Um, that's, so that's, what, that's what. That's what. That's what. Yeah, those are the rotational adjustments that would possibly be made by um, those two being back in the fold.
1: My assumption is is that you wouldn't see any change in the starting lineup, at least initially. Maybe fair. That. Yeah. Uh, as, Especially as as initially, because Davion won't be on. He'll be on minutes restriction right. when he comes back. Right. Yeah. And Denzel, even maybe a, to a point too, because he's hasn't played in a year and a half.
0: I think so. I never thought about that one. That's interesting. I don't what know, one know one. if it's minister restrictions. It was just like he's rusty, or he will be. Right? Okay. That's uh, there's probably an element of that. The, yeah, but he's been uh, my, yeah. My thing where I didn't consider that was that he's been practicing the whole time. So but that's a good point. He might be on some practice type. different than games. Agreed. I, I, that's why I hadn't considered it until you just said it. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Brian. Um, good questions. Uh, should we jump into a little Nebraska preview here? I'm game. Okay. So have you watched the Oscars much this year? I haven't watched a lot. It's pretty good. It's good. <laughs> good for you. Well, I've been um so okay. yeah, Oral Roberts came in at 157 in Kempaun, Nebraska is 143. So how the mighty have fallen from that 316 roster they had last year. Uh I don't know how so yeah, they're playing. They're playing Georgia Tech tomorrow night. They're projected to lose by ten, according to Ken Palm. They're actually projected to lose. Jesus, holy God. They're projected. To, they're projected to go two and four, eight, 12, 16 Jesus. They projected to win two games the rest of the year
1: against North Dakota and Anad. Yeah, Georgia but those, those are the single game projections. It's not like the overall sort of like it's a game to game projection. Yes, but yeah, but I mean that's there's, basically there's some, that, that's
0: the outlook, though.
1: Yeah, but you don't. What do you? What's the pushback there? Well, like look at the way Ken Palm projects to go down to the bottom of his little projection. He yeah. has his projected ro- record of ten to twenty one. Right, because there's inevitably. There's misses the, and, yeah, and the, and when you're doing game-to-game well, Yeah, teams misses, change and yeah. stuff, injuries
0: and whatnot, performance.
1: But, yeah, from a game-to-game perspective, Nebraska's
0: going to lose every Big Ten game, according to Kempom. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, they're they're a run-and-gun team. Um, they're probably the only team that Creighton's going to play the rest of the year that Creighton will have a size advantage over. Uh, but they're a run-and-gun team that doesn't shoot it all that well. They don't rebound, and sometimes they don't even willingly try to rebound. Let alone, we're not. if we're talking about capability versus effort, it's sometimes both. Um, you know, defensively they're struggling right now. They're, I mean, offensively and defensively they're really struggling. So it's it's not. I mean, if if you it's not if, setting up to be an ideal. It'll be interesting. That's Cre- Creighton's going to want to push. That's what I'm curious about. But because Nebraska really wants to push. Right, right, right. And they have depth,
1: and the difference it's not quality between, depth, it's depth. the difference between Nebraska's efficiency in the half court versus in transition is right. there's like it's a massive gap, yes. and Creighton has a gap as well, but it's not as massive. So you wonder if so I th- if Creighton would well, try what to find it, what place it looks like it down, is, but is I don't know if Creighton would slow it down. Again yeah, it's, it it's, it's Creighton's
0: efficiency versus Nebraska's pace. I think because can Creighton be efficient enough to build a big enough of a lead to the point where by the time the fatigue sets in, which we assume it's going to based on the numbers Creighton has and the pace Nebraska wants to play with, that eventually there's going to be a point in this game where Nebraska is going to be the fresher team. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So the question of this game is going to be, can Creighton be efficient enough early and often to build a big enough lead to the point where Whenever what happened tonight, and against Texas Tech in the second half, and you know at those points in the season where there have been those lulls, um, where they have where they do start to run on fumes and they get a little bit tired, uh, do they have a big enough lead to ultimately win the game? Right. So that'll be the question for me. I think. How good of a start does Creighton get off to? Yeah. If it's tied, it's just at, basically efficiency it's, versus pivot.
1: Tied at halftime. Are you, Trouble. Are Creighton fans nervous? I think they should be because yeah. Creighton's got what, about five minutes left right after that point don't well, what they? what if what if Creighton tries to manage the first half in the way that it managed the first half against uh what was it was that the North Florida game okay where it really sort of cycled in a lot of different odd lineups and it kind of tried to do that tonight yep um but that that, so was, that, that was that was that was the one game where it flipped where Creighton actually was a little bit more efficient offensively in the second half against North Florida, right? Like yes. that, that was the game that that were they that was was that, was that the game they were down a half. Yep, they okay. seven, yeah. or eight or no five, they're five a half, half yeah. yeah. So maybe that <coughs> maybe it's managed a little bit differently, but could be. Um, I mean, if you yeah, if, those, if, those, if those you're in Nebraska, the,
0: the, you're trying to avoid getting blown out in the first half, right? Because. Because eventually you're going to have an advantage in pace, yeah, with with pace and numbers, right? Um, but other than that, I mean, from a matchup standpoint, uh, you know, it's like where it's, it's basically where do you favor Nebraska? Like, do you favor them at point guards, like Horatsky versus Cam Mack? No. Do you favor them? Uh, Kevin Cross is what? They're six six two, thirty. Yeah, that's all this today? You yeah. know, like versus Christian Bishop. Six seven two zero five, 205, a lot more experience at this level type of deal. Um, or Kelvin Jones if he's back. Where um, Ivan, how do you say his last name? Oy Drago? Oy Drago. Oy Drago. Okay. Ivan. Um, so yeah, Creighton would, in well, theory, we have an advantage there as well, right? What's Creighton defensive rebounding this year? That's a good. good one to look up. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you. Do you <Mythmidt> Why well, do you because ask that's that? that's key. Well, because Nebraska hasn't been able to, you know, for Creighton to be able to run, they want to get, they want to make Nebraska's misses tournament, to transition. right? When but don't, you, but, don't you, but don't you think Nebraska won't even try to get offensive boards?
1: Offensive boards. So. Yeah, maybe not. Like it'll be just a complete sort of like five guys back essentially, or four guys back, and one guy can battle. But yeah, kind of a replica of what Michigan did, where they really didn't send anybody
0: to the glass at all. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think. I mean, I think. I think Creighton's going to be a significant favorite. I mean, as significant as it, as it's been in this rivalry for a while, maybe since maybe Miles' first year, I think. Which is
1: actually funny cause I mean, this is the worst Nebraska team, and according to the analytics, according to the numbers, I, I know that Nebraska's played better of late. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what Nebraska has, uh, like what it has on its resume today. It's the worst Nebraska team that Creighton's played in
0: the McDermott era. Is it really? I would I would assume. So it's worse than the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I would I wouldn't be able to argue. But I thought here's what I thought was funny when I was looking back at it today because Greg McDermott mentioned in his post game press conference um, a scenario that a season played out similar to this one where he was concerned about this game going into it because of a what that Vegas trip d- did to his team. Um, so in 2012-2013, Tim Miles' first year coaching the Huskers, uh, there's just a lot of weird parallels here. But he mentioned that Creighton, you know, went, Creighton went to Vegas to beat Wisconsin and Arizona State pretty handily, um, then came back to Omaha after the Thanksgiving a couple of days later and lost to Boise State by 13. Yeah. And that was what he was worried about tonight was Creighton coming back and not having enough – Enough uh, gas in the tank to to deal with a an Oral Roberts team that's um, you know better on paper and um, more talented than their name recognition gives them credit for. Um, and then the next game after that, which is Nebraska this year, but it was St. Joe's then. Was Creighton came out flat against Boise State. They kind of got run off the floor a little bit. They lost by thirteen, um, which was pretty significant in terms. of of a home loss for that group because um, that was Doug's junior year I think which by the way I think is the
1: last time that Creighton's lost to a non power five. Oh, okay not counting Gonzaga fair or, or maybe St. So non- Mary, Mary's too I can't remember what year that lost so yeah, that like. kind of goes out no yeah but, doesn't matter. but yeah
0: okay I mean you're, when you to named two but you, it's lost. like it's true did I lose it then you lost it because you like, other than Gonzaga and St. Mary's. St. Mary's, actually, that was that might have been Altman, though. I can't remember when it was. But Creighton also lost in North Texas. Uh, you're talking about home games? Home though? games, I mean, at home. Right, that's fair, because they lost them in Texas that year, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: they don't lose yeah.
0: a home so games po- offense. Right, anyway, go before on. My main point, before we get, <laughs> Sorry. Well, we can get off the Side that, track. Also. So my main point was Nebraska, uh, Creighton went to Vegas. They smacked Wisconsin and Arizona State came back egg against Boise State which everyone was worried about tonight against Oral Roberts the next game was that weekend uh, and here's where it gets kind of funny is they played a really good St. Joe's team that like had Langston Galloway and a bunch of really good dudes um, and they smacked them beat them by like 30 easy it was like a blowout it was a blowout everybody was worried about it coming in I remember the, the, the tenor of, of was very Texas Tech like the Creighton was in trouble in that matchup, because St. Joe's is typically a salty team, and they had a lot of talent coming back. So Creighton smacked them, ran them off the floor. Uh, later that night, I had a work party, and at the work party was Nebraska's Big Ten title game against Wisconsin, the seventy to thirty-one. Oh, shellacking! Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that happened. So they 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 lost to the Boise State after the Vegas trip, uh, came back, smacked St. Joe's that weekend. then Nebraska got rolled by Wisconsin uh, in the Big Ten title game. And then Creighton's next game was their first one, uh, McDermott versus Miles, uh, where Creighton beat him by 20 in Lincoln. And it was actually the game where Josh Jones uh, fainted in the pregame warm ups and basically his career was over. Wow. So there's a lot of like little, uh, it brought that, back a lot of memories when Greg McDermott said that cause I was like, wow, a lot happened in that. That Nebraska that whole team was very bad. Yes, they were. So. That might be... That might Was Mike Peltz, is that what the kid's name is? That walk-on? Oh, wow. um, I'm pretty Maybe. sure he, like, tackled uh, Avery Digman, and okay. they got into a big scuffle in that game. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: that was... Uh, is that the game where Benny Parker stepped out of bounds, like, three times? That was not. That was 14-15. Okay. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that was the next year. Yeah, that was three <laughs> years <laughs> later. Two, two years that, know, was that was the first
0: year after Doug was that game.
1: Um, okay. But... Yeah. So Nebraska's had some bad teams in the last couple of years, but yeah. this team I and again I really do think that this team's gonna get better. I think Fred Horvitz is a really good coach, so I think that he will get the most out of them by February. But right now, uh given what they put on film and how and what the analytics say,
0: it's it's not a good team. Okay. And so Is it Krayton is it, where is it, uh if you just look at the rest of Creighton's non con, let's let's exclude exclude Midland. Um, where does Nebraska rank on their non-conference in terms of? Like degree of difficulty? Yes. No, they only have like four other games. Or yeah, no, 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 but I'm saying like all the whole totality. Oh, the whole totality. Of the totality of the, exclude of the, Midland. Okay. Go from Kennesaw down to Arizona State. Where, is, where does Nebraska rank in terms of I toughness? guess the question
1: is, what, is it, it going to be a tougher game than Louisiana Tech? It might just because of the rivalry, but I think Louisiana Tech would beat Nebraska if they played today. I do as well. Or would you take Nebraska over North Florida?
0: Probably okay. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like that's a defense. Uh, that's a matchup it, Nebraska would be okay with, right? Yeah, There's not, they don't have to... like dominant bigs. Um, and they probably beat Oral, Cal Poly what, and Kennesaw State. What about right? Oral Roberts? No, I feel like those
1: bigs would eat them alive. Nebraska, yeah, yeah. right. Dude, the Southern's getting like twenty-seven offensive Some rebounds say. or whatever, yeah, yeah. it
0: wasn't twenty-seven, but it was a lot. It was a lot. I don't think you're that far off. Um, because you saw Southern against. Did you see them against Nebraska? or Did you
1: only see them I, against UNO? I went. I didn't see him against Nebraska. That was an overtime game that they played against Nebraska. Yeah. In.
0: Then, like, but you went three saw days him later, UNO and we like, saw him. and there yeah. was a lot of questions after that. Right? Oh, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> about why, oh, how, okay. um, how? How? Why?
1: What? What is this? <laughs> Yeah, they had 25 offensive rebounds against Nebraska. So. That's a
0: lot, man. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if Creighton's going to miss that many shots to have 25 offensive rebounds. Are they going to miss 25 shots against Nebraska? I would
1: guess yes. You think you're going yeah. to go with yeah on that one? Yeah, I'm
0: going to say yes on that. Okay. Um. Alright, let's plug some stuff. Uh, what do you got for the week ahead? Um. We still have got that deal going on where people can name your baby and <laughs> <laughs> might as well some incentive there for people yeah just uh, you know subscribe to Omar World Herald and submit a name for
1: and just email John and I'll
0: consider it yeah John throw yeah. it into the hat
1: right got a baby coming in January we don't have a name yet so. yeah so
0: it's, it's open for people to
1: fire away right Um, I don't know we're both sort of in that prep mode for the weekend we got the women, the women play tomorrow Yep, um, big game in South Dakota. volleyball starting at Cincinnati Tournament uh, run Friday. on Friday. So pretty much stuff for that. And obviously Nebraska. I mean, we got got our, our columnist, Tom Chatel hung out with Sharif Mitchell's dad and grandpa. Okay. It's like three generations of basketball, like, ph- phenoms there. Ahead of the big game with Nebraska. Yeah, yep. and and since uh, Sharif's dad, Alvin, started his college career at Nebraska, mm-hmm. he thought it was pertinent to to dive into that story so that's coming out on Friday make sure you check it out because it'll be really good
0: so what kind of deals you got going on for subscription fees and stuff like that
1: um well shoot man because I think our Black Friday deal just ended and if you missed that dang what don't you worry doing? we'll probably have another one soon for,
0: for covering <laughs> the Christmas yeah article, exactly but don't worry there's another holiday coming up yeah I mean
1: you can wait if you want or you can just show out the dollars that it is very inexpensive to support
0: good journalism and yeah it's worth it follow your favorite sports teams. And there's some pride in it too because it's worth it too. It's worth it for the good uh, content and it's also worth it because maybe you'll get to name a baby. So, you know what I'm saying? All you got to do is throw in the subscription, send John an email. What's your email address? Do you give that out at all?
1: Is that Yeah, I mean, it's at the bottom of every one of my stories.
0: Well, there you go. So, sign up, read a story, go out on the bottom, get the email, send an email to John, be like, yo, I just signed up here's my receipt, send him the receipt, and then just start throwing baby names at him and he'll throw them all into a hat. And then when January rolls around, you'll see if he you're lucky enough to be chosen as a winner. Yep. That's your prize. So it's a great content, plus name a baby. Also fist pounds. I'll, I'll give out a lot of fist pounds. Fist pounds, okay. Yeah. So yeah, fi- yeah, some, some daps. Yeah. Dap you up. He'll give you good content and he'll name his kid after you. Possibly. Well, possibly. 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 Yeah, Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's so what my wife I mean. always has the final say. Yeah, I know. I'm just say, a little, a little trying to sell here. Yeah. She's not here. <laughs> never has a no about this. <laughs> she lets <laughs> not know. it's all good. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll like, hey, we should name it that. And like, oh, that's a good idea. Where'd you get right. it from? Don't worry about that. You know what I'm saying? I just <laughs> thought of it myself. You can just lie. Um, and then whiteandbluereview.com uh, uh, for this podcast. Our post-game coverage of this game. Uh, we'll have Nebraska preview, but we'll volleyball, women's basketball, all the things John listed as well. Um, so yeah that'll be good to go that'll get you all caught up to Saturday and we will talk to you again after Creighton and Nebraska have a good week everybody